Support for this podcast is provided by Smart Recruiters. Smart Recruiters offer an enterprise-grade talent acquisition suite designed for hiring success. Future-proof your talent acquisition with a modern enterprise platform with everything you need to attract, select and hire the best talent. Over 4,000 leading brands like Bosch, IKEA, LinkedIn and Visa trust Smart Recruiters to deliver hiring success with them on a global scale. Visit smartrecruiters.com to take the first step on the path to hiring success. There's been more of scientific discovery, more of technical advancement and material progress in your lifetime and mine than in all the ages of history. Hi everyone, this is Matt Alder. Welcome to episode 221 of the Recruiting Future podcast. Building a culture that attracts and retains the right talent is not an easy task. There's lots of theory and discussion around this, but translating theory into a practical reality can be very difficult. Properly reflecting culture in employer brand and in the recruiting process is also an additional challenge. My guest this week is Matt Young, co-founder of Comfort Research, the company behind the Big Joe range of products. Matt shares an incredibly honest account of his company's journey to build a culture and establish a set of core values that guide everything they do and help them attract and retain the people they need to grow their business. Enjoy the interview. Hi, Matt, and welcome to the podcast. Hello. Thanks for having me. An absolute pleasure to have you on the show. Could you just introduce yourself and tell everyone what you do? Sure. My name is Matt Young, and I'm co-founder of uh, Comfort Research. We're best known for our Big Joe brand of consumer products. We do bean bags, we do pool floats, we do kids' furniture, we do outdoor furniture, all kinds of, well, pretty much anything that's awesome. Tell us a little bit more about the company. What's your story? How did you get to where you are today? Well, I started the company in 1996 with uh, my friend and business partner, Chip George. As we were attending Hope College, a small uh, college here in Michigan, and um, had this idea for this shredded foam beanbag style chair. We started, uh, you know, screwing around and uh, making, making a few. And immediately it was one of those things that we knew we had something. People would come over, they'd check, uh, you know, check this beanbag guy, you know, out. And everyone would kind of rave, uh, you know, about it and like, hey, can you make, uh, you know, me one? And I grew up in a family of entrepreneurs and, uh, you know, the, I always knew that was going to be my path. And the great thing about uh, being in college and being an entrepreneur is you got nothing to lose. So uh, Chip and I went for it and and uh, we started making these and we sold to other college students and we opened up a small store in an uh, outlet mall. And by the time we graduated, we had a little bit in, uh, you know, sales and, you know, we went after it uh, full time. So, you know, fast forward, uh, you know, over the years, we added um, uh, some beanbag type of product where this original product was a shredded foam type of chair. We added the beanbags and then we got, uh, you know, a little bit more sophisticated and we got, uh, you know, started doing some shapes for beanbags so that you could have arms and a back. And so we really started engineering the covers for a lot of, uh, you know, value and uh, to be able to create shape. And then, uh, you know, as we expanded that, we got into some outdoor products and floating that, you know, product. And now 
most recently, we've developed uh, some molding technology that we're applying to our uh, products where we're taking some of these foams that we're using for bean bags and, and we're molding those into shapes, whether it's for a furniture frame or for uh, something, something else to be able to uh, make more new kinds of stuff. And we're just having a blast doing it. So we are a uh, Big Joe is the, is the brand. And you can find our stuff at buybigjoe.com. But most of our stuff goes through our retail partners. So we sell to folks like Walmart and Target and Costco and Sam's Club, uh, Amazon, of, uh, of course, and uh, get after it that way. Great stuff. So tell me about the people part of the company. What kind of people challenges do you have in terms of um, recruiting and retention? Well, um, we were pretty lucky from the sense that we've always surrounded ourselves with uh, people that were willing to, to give up their time to help guide us and uh, you know, give us advice. And you know, one of the things that came up early on with one of our business partners, George Julius, is he had an experience where, at his previous companies where he felt that the culture was really the differentiating factor of why those companies had success. Now, in the early days, we didn't do much about culture or core values, um, but it was on, it was on our mind. And as we started really growing, and this is uh, you know going back to you know about about seven years. I mean, we had uh, always been a pretty high growth company, but we kind of took it into the stratosphere about seven uh, seven years ago. As we started growing, we started hiring leaders, and as these leaders uh, you know are coming in, it changed the way that Chip and I had to work. I mean. In the early days, we made the chairs, we sold the chairs, we swept the floors, we did the accounting. I mean, we did everything. Well, now we're hiring these leaders to come in. And so we had to figure out how to do a better job uh, with these, this new role that we had so that we could empower these folks to do what they needed to do to get their jobs done, not have a heavy hand, uh, you know, watching, uh, you know, over them, but still giving them some guidelines on this is how we want to operate. And so it first started in about 2011. So George Julius, uh, that business partner I mentioned earlier, he su so kindly suggested to Chip and I that we should go out and look at creating a strategic plan. We had never done one in 15 years of uh, doing the business at that uh, point. Well, 14 years, whatever. 14 years of doing business, we had never done a strategic plan. So what do you do when you got to go out and figure out how to do something for the first time? Well, you go out and get a little education on it. So we spent a couple of days um, in Chicago and learning how to put together the traditional strategic plan. And one of the things in there was talking about you know, identifying your core values for an organization. You know, they got the vision statement, the mission statement, and I'm not a big mission statement uh, fan. Vision statements are great. I really like purpose statements more. And that's really uh, has been inspired by a book by Simon Sinek it's called Start With Why. And he talks about, you know, why do you do what you're doing? How exactly are you doing it? And what exactly are you doing? Why? Your purpose, right? Well, anyways, Part of that, uh, you know, purpose is, is our core values, is, is the culture. And we did what most companies do. When we first went out to try to identify our core values, we sat down with our leadership team. We sat down with other, uh, you know, influencers within the organization. 
And we roundtabled it. And we just asked the question, what are our core values? We came up with this list of uh, 10 core values that we were very proud of. And one day I was given a tour to a banker. And, you know, like most companies, we had our core values posted on the wall. And I'm so proudly talking about how we've identified these core values. And I got to number seven out of 10. And I couldn't list the final three. And how if we as leaders of companies, if we can't remember the core values, there's no way that they're core. They're no, that, that is not what you're trying to identify. And it, that kind of kicked off a process where like, you know what, this isn't working for us. We got to find a, a different way of doing this. How can we identify core values that are really true to us? You know, I mean, we had things like on there that, you know, fun and innovation and, you know, ship on time and, um, you know, win-win, uh, you know, negotiation and, uh, you know, and employees come first and things like that. And, oh, this is my favorite one. And it's all going to lead to profitable growth. Oh, really? We're a for-profit company and our core value is profitability. What a joke. And having worked so hard on it, 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 it was it was tough, right? But there wasn't a lot of guidance out there, at least that we could find, on how to really what does a good set of core values look like? And so I wish this is something I could help people with because there was no process other than we just started looking. We're like, this 10 core values, they aren't working. We got to find a different way. And it just happened to be that we were in a uh, advisory board meeting. And one of the advisors in that meeting, Jeff Hutzel, he just makes this comment. He's like, you guys find a better way to do stuff. And didn't think too much, uh, you know, about it. And, uh, you know, the meeting ends. And that night I woke up. I'm like, oh, my gosh, Jeff just gave us our first core value. We're trying to find a better way in everything that we're doing, whether it's making a beanbag from our first beanbag, making a shredded foam beanbag to making, uh, you know, the poles inside of beanbags to create structure and shape to doing a strategic plan. How are we going about doing the strategic plan to identifying our core values, to find a better way, how to lead our team. That is us and find a better way. Like just seemed to really nail it. Now I was so excited. I couldn't sleep. It was just one of those you know moments, my head spinning. I'm like, I bet there's other words we're using that we're just not even talking about. It's just, it's just happening. And one of the things we always talked about was having high expectations. I love the way that uh, my business partner, George, says it. He says, you know, expect the best, screw the rest, right? <laughs> I love it. Well, and so I wrote down, expect the best. And so the next day I came in and I, I saw Chip. I'm like, Chip, what do you think about these two things as our uh, two of our new core values? Find a better way, expect the best. And Chip just looks at me and says, and we want to do the right thing. <laughs> it's like, yeah, boom, that was it. All this, it just kind of came in this flurry, but it took probably nearly two years to finally, uh, to finally get there. And, you know, we knew what, you know, for quite some time, for months up to that point, that what we had wasn't working, wasn't working for us. Maybe, uh, and I don't think that that type of core value identification works for most companies. So we finally kind of just stumbled, uh, you know, stumbled into it. And we use those three core values today. Find a better way, expect the best and do the right thing. So 
we are using those core values in everything that we're uh, doing. And yeah, we still put them on the wall. And yeah, it's on t-shirts, which sometimes I abhor that stuff because it seems so trite, but it's because it's everywhere. Yeah, it's on the wall. Yeah, it's on t-shirts. But it's also the way that people talk about it uh, you know, every day. We talk about it as uh, leaders at every op- opportunity. And over time, we created a system to identify and reward people that are living our core values. We just started with the Find a Better Way Award. And so a lot of companies do these type of, uh, you know, types of, uh, you know, award systems and they, uh, I, don't, I don't think that they always work that great. I think that some companies do them, maybe do them very, very well, but we've kept ours, uh, you know, very simple. The basic idea is that we wanted to say thanks to someone that's finding a better way to do something. We don't care what that something is. You want to paint that wall pink across the room because you feel it's going to brighten everybody's day? Make the suggestion. And I did not want this to be the suggestion box company. And I think most people know what I'm talking about. That's the company that has the little wooden box and it's got a slot cut in the top of it. And there's a lock on the box. And, you know, maybe if someone has the guts, they'll slide in a suggestion. And if they they make that suggestion, this is what happens. Three months later, they're standing at the water cooler with their buddy. And they're talking, it's like, yeah, I told those idiots in management to uh, change that and to improve that. I made that suggestion. <laughs> Morons. I wanted people to be part of implementing it. You don't just get to drop the bomb and walk away. So we wanted a culture where people are part of implementing the suggestion, trying new stuff out. And, you know, I kind of I kind of hate the fail fast or, uh, you know, don't fear. Like, I just don't want people to fear failure. I want them to try something new to find an improvement. And it doesn't matter if you're in accounting, if you're in design, if you're in engineering, operations, sales, marketing, it doesn't matter. And they make that, uh, you know, the suggestion. And then it goes in front of a a panel. That group votes on what's the best, uh, uh, the best idea. And one of the factors in there is implementability. Some of the ideas have already been implemented at that point. Some of them have not, but we don't really care. Like it's just the spirit of how is everybody thinking how to make, you know, just doesn't even matter big or small improvement. How are we moving forward? That winner gets 2,500 bucks and we do that four times a year. And uh, then the annual winner gets $10,000. And we do it in an all company meeting. And now, so we have a real life person with a real life example of how they were finding a better way, living our core values. We bring them up on stage, we give them an oversized check, and then we take that a picture of them. And that picture then goes on the wall of fat for find a better way. And now that picture with the description of what they've done continues to live on. So we continue to honor that person and you know thank them uh, publicly for what they've done. And it's a great way to reinforce uh, the core values. When you're recruiting new people into the company, how do you sort of reflect those those values? How do you use them to find the right talent and persuade people to, to come and join you? Well, I believe that as a leader of a, a company, an organization, it is your responsibility to always be recruiting, right? In everything that uh, you're doing, um, every day in every way. So it starts there. It's not just a you know one-time uh, you know event. Oh, we're going to recruit uh, somebody in. You, you, you got to live it. I mean, a growing business 
needs to have you know, people to help it to be able to grow. It needs great people. And the way to do that is to let people know what you're doing. Because I've always believed that comfort research is a great place to work, but it is not for everybody, right? We are not a one size fits all. Some people will hate this place. And so we want to find the people that are great fits. And I love the way that our culture concierge says it, Becky Plug. She says, you know, comfort, uh, um, she's looking for people that are not just com- uh, culture fits, but people that are culture ads. And that's, the, that's what we're looking for, people that add to our, our culture and can thrive in it. Um, and then Becky, she's the one that I mentioned, is our culture concierge. And it's her job to, um, you know, make sure that we're continuing to live, honor, and uh, improve the culture every single day. Her hiring process is pre- pretty involved, what she has created over the last uh, you know, several years. So it starts when the job gets posted and the core values are interwoven into that posting. So it doesn't look like a normal posting. posting. It gives the flavor of you know, who we are as an organization already. And then the questions that she lays out, and we do a lot of team interviews. Um, so we'll get someone from engineering to sit with someone from sales, someone from design to sit one with somebody from accounting. And it's never the same, right? We, we, mix, we mix it up. And so those team interviews, they're given questions that they're to ask uh, the recruit. And a lot of companies do that, right? But what she's really done a great job at, and I think this is the important piece, is these are the types of answers you're looking for. How, how are they, uh, you know, answering it? Um, not just, hey, did you find a better way? <laughs> and they go off and talk about, like, I mean, it ends up being a bunch of bull, right? So being able to uh, look for genuine answers and have it interwoven into every part of the process. What's surprised you the most building this business from a, from a people perspective? The power of culture. That has been one of the most rewarding, unexpectedly rewarding things in my entire career. Like I love building stuff, right? Um, that that's where I get, you know, innate enjoyment, whether it's building a, a product or building equipment or building a business like business is the greatest, like engineering product project of all time. I love that using core values and identifying with folks that identify, you know, with that, that is a tool that you have in your toolbox that usually gets either misused or ignored. And when you get it right, oh my gosh, it is the most powerful tool that, uh, that you have for a growing organization, really any organization. And when I say organization, I'm not just talking about for-profit business. I'm talking about nonprofits. I'm talking about schools. I'm talking about government. I'm talking about churches. Like these, when anywhere there, where there's a group of people, if they can align to a common set of core values, of beliefs, of purpose, that's when you can really make massive changes. So, final question: What's next? What does the what does the future hold? What are you What are you looking forward to? Well, I'm looking forward to continuing to build this uh, business. It's uh, the most fun thing uh, that I could ever imagine. One of the things I mentioned uh, earlier is that I don't know if it's unique to 
you know, our area. And I don't think it is. I think this is, uh, it is common throughout the world that we had a lot of people approach us and uh, lend a helping hand without any expectation of anything in, in return. And, you know, I did not want to wait until I was retired to start uh, trying to give back to, to folks that are on their own entrepreneurial journey. So, and then this whole culture piece, we started giving tours because it's just, it's a real easy way to share those uh, rules that we've got and also share the system that we created around the you know core values because it, it's really been been working. And over the last two years, I've you know I've given you know probably a hundred of these uh, you know things where we just invite thirty people or so to come on in. We do a little workshop at the end and we talk about their core values and I give them you know what a good set of core values looks like. We talk about the you know the system of reinforcing that, those uh, you know core values. And I realized it's like, shoot, this is a really hard way to do it, bringing people in and, you know, I'm preparing for these, uh, you know, these tours. I'm going to write a book. I'm going to put all of this in book form. And so I'm in the process of uh, writing that and because I want to share this with more people because I so have seen how firsthand culture and core values when done properly is the most powerful tool in your toolbox. And I want to share that uh, with others. Um, because I think that we weren't the only one that struggled with uh, culture and core values. Um, and when it's done right, you can move mountains. Matt, thank you very much for talking to me. My pleasure. Thank you, Matt. My thanks to Matt Young. You can subscribe to this podcast in Apple Podcasts or via your podcasting app of choice. Please also follow us on Instagram. You can find the show by searching for Recruiting Future. If you're a Spotify or Pandora user, you can also find the show there. You can find all the past episodes at www.rfpodcast.com. On that site, you can subscribe to the mailing list and find out more about working with me. Thanks very much for listening. I'll be back next week and I hope you'll join me. This is my show.